0: Father, we just want to thank you once again this morning. Lord, we worship you. And this morning, O oh Lord, as an act of worship, we want to give, us, give you our undivided attention. We want to be like Samuel, and we want to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is hearing Father, enable us this evening, O Lord, to understand your heart. You said in your word, Lord, that your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your ways are not our ways. And therefore you asked us, let the wicked man forsake his ways and an unrighteous man his thoughts. And therefore this morning, even as we submit ourselves to the authority of your word, to the teaching of your scripture as an attitude of worship, in an attitude of worship, impart faith to us this morning. And even as faith arises, let the power of God, the grace of God come into our lives to transform us from the inside out. To that end, to that end I pray that you would bless and anoint the speaking and the hearing of today's word. Thank you, Father. We worship you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been talking about the will of God, the good, acceptable and the perfect will of God. And in order to understand the will of God, we need to have a transformed mind it's impossible to understand the language of the kingdom of god unless until uh, to, to to understand the ways of the kingdom of god the 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 precepts and the and the ordinances of the kingdom of god unless and until we have the language of the kingdom it's like if you go to a math class when i say a plus b whole square i'm just giving you an idea suddenly i mean unless and until you have those concepts in your mind what is square i mean for many of you, if you are from any other background other than math, what is square, you will say. What is cube, you will say. So there is a language. There are certain technical terms for you to have, rather what we call as categories, if you will, that you need to have in your mind in order for you to understand what the teacher is saying. Similarly, the kingdom of God has a language. And in the kingdom of God, we have we are asked, rather, to, to submit to the will of God. And in order for us to understand the will of God, we need to have a transformed mind. And In that, we need to have the categories of the kingdom in our mind so that we'll be able to understand the precepts of the kingdom, so that we'll be able to understand the will of God, that we'll be able to understand that the will of God is indeed true, and it, it is indeed good. It is indeed acceptable, and it is indeed perfect. And that is something which we are to constantly submit ourselves to. It's a constant process Consistent process. And this morning, I want to look at one aspect of to, as to how we exercise the will. Um, one particular niche, if you will. The niche aspect of our will. And I'll just tell you what that aspect is. Uh, let's read uh, for, from Romans chapter 5 to get certain preliminaries. Romans chapter 5, verse 20 particularly, 20 and 21. 20 is what I want to look at. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. And if you read through the book of Romans, you know, one of the things that Paul always um, um, anticipates are objections. (laughs) You know, even as you're listening to the word of God, so many times you have objections. I I don't agree. (laughs) You have your own prejudices, if you will. Okay. And Paul anticipates that. I mean, it's it's a brilliant guy. I mean, I I, I think um, the way he argues his case... No wonder there are so many Jewish lawyers all around the world. I mean, they they have this argumentative mentality. You know, they pose an argument, they, they Your Honor, the objection. <laughs> so, so there there is there is an objection that that he anticipates and he and he addresses that objection. I mean, that is uh, it found in uh, Romans chapter six. Goes on in um, in verse number one onwards. What shall we say then? Because when sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Right. So, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Huh. <laughs> That's your objection. <laughs> okay. And you know, he's a very many translations, KJV uses the word, good old KJV Victorian English is, God forbid. Okay. Certainly not. I, I like what Derek Quince uses. He says, perish the thought. <laughs> perish the thought. Cut it off. Hmm? Certainly not. And then he says, if, if that is what you understand about grace, you haven't understood grace at all. And look at what he says. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? And then he brings a very important ordinance in the kingdom of God for the Christian, talking about baptism, where he mentions this and he says, do you not know that as many of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Therefore we were, we were buried with him through baptism. Into his death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father. Even so we should walk in newness of life. Not in the old defeated life of sin. If we truly have come under the grace of God. One of the things that we will constantly endeavor in our lives. We might be failing. But there is a battle inside of us. And there is a battle against sin. And we are aware of it and we are fighting it. Sometimes we may lose, sometimes we may, we may win. Like it's like Joshua. You know, Joshua is fighting the Amalekites. And sometimes Joshua loses, sometimes Joshua wins. Depends upon Moses of course. But the point is, I mean, I always like try to look at Joshua, forget forget Moses. You know what? Even though he gets defeated for a while, he still never gives up on fighting. He keeps on fighting. Right? So if you're truly under the grace of God, there's one thing which you will do. There will be a desire inside each one of us to battle sin. That's that's one aspect of the will of God which I want to look at. How do we exercise the will of God in order for us to battle sin? Is something which broadly, and I'll, I'll tell you what is that niche that I'm looking at today. Therefore, verse 12, same chapter. Therefore, look at this word, two words. Everybody say. What is that? Loudly. Say that with conviction. Do not. Thank you. Mm. Do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. That you should obey its lusts. And again, everybody say that. Do not. Say that with conviction. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. But present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of your right, of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion. In other words, sin shall, shall, will not rule over you, but you will rule over sin. Why? Because you are no longer under law, but that, but you are under what? Grace. And that is exactly what he told Cain. Cain, sin is crouching at the door, and my desire for you is that you should master it. But its desire is to have you. But if you are under the grace of God, one of the things that you will endeavor constantly in your life is to overcome sin. And you will increasingly, progressively overcome sin in your life. I want to make a statement before I (laughs) entitle this teaching. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we have been delivered from the dominion of sin. But to enjoy dominion, I have to will rightly. What did I say? But to enjoy dominion, I have to will rightly because we are talking about the will of God. You see, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 will say Satan captivated us to perform his will. But the moment we are born again and we have been delivered from the dominion of Satan and we have been transported from the dominion of darkness into the dominion of his son, what God has done, he has freed our will. But now, as freed children of God, redeemed children of God, one of the things that we need to practice is to will rightly. Look at what it says in Joshua chapter 1. Every, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you. Okay? But how do you get it? Fight. <laughs> will rightly. Will rightly. So what did I what do i how, how do I just encapsulate this thought in one sentence? I have to exercise my will to say no okay now let's let 's all say that together okay if you if you believe that okay if you believe that only if you believe okay only if you believe because he is the high priest of our convection, of our confession if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then that principle stands for all the because paul says. I believe and therefore we confess. Therefore, if you believe, if you believe, say that other way, conviction, say I, okay? I have to exercise my will to say no, right? Say that everybody, once more, once more. I have to exercise my will to say no, good. So this morning, of course, it's not in our own strength because we are no longer under law, but under what? Grace. But we have to receive that grace. Okay? How do we receive that grace? The question is, grace to say no this morning, do I have it? Question mark. If you don't, thank God, you can get it. Okay? Grace to say no, do I have it? Question mark. If you can, if you have, if you do not have grace, you can get it. And today, this morning, I want to highlight my usual way, seven principles, okay, seven principles, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, okay, November 7th is my birthday, okay, something very interesting happened on the, after Reformation Day, 31 days, 31st 31st, thirty-first October was Reformation Day, seven days after 31st October Reformation Day, something fantastic happened, I was born, okay, so, uh, (laughs) I was born, (laughs) Reformation Day, (laughs) seven days, so seven is my, very interesting, now I like that, seven is the number of completion, so uh, always when I go to the class, uh, you know, I want to, Make my children, I mean the students who are in my class, feel complete, okay? After they finished the class, you know, they've they, 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 they enjoyed a meal, and then, you know, um, you know in Telugu it says Mahapapa, mm-hmm. okay? Okay, Shuddhi okay. okay? So half, half uh, hunger is not good, okay? It's good, it's good, okay? In spiritually it is good, but uh, scripturally, uh, for, for in the in the, in, the, in the in the spiritual realm, you know, come to him and drink this morning, okay? So. Let us look at the first man, first man, I mean, probably the first man, maybe some other people. they have several people who said no, but I want to look at one character in the Bible who exercised his grace, this grace of God to say no, and how did he get that grace? We will, we will, uh, we will look at from, uh, we will look at this character from Genesis chapter 14. And the king of Sodom <clears throat> went out to meet him. Who's this? Okay. Who's this? Uh, who's this him? Anybody knows? And the King of Sodom. Okay, no, my goodness, you are a fantastic Bible scholar, Baba. You are reading your Bible very well. Okay, let us see. Who is that? It is not Abraham. Abram. Thank you. Thank you, San Sameer. It's good. And what, but it's interesting though, if you read, read the Hebrews account of Melchizedek, uh, they quote him as Abraham and not Abram. That's interesting. Okay, that's just food for thought. I'm not making any doctrine out of that. Just for your, for your consideration. Okay, for your observation. Alright. Now, King of Sodom, went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh. after his return from the defeat of uh, Shadorlo Mer and the kings who were with him. Okay. Now who is this king of Sodom? It's just mentioned once in the entire Bible. His name is mentioned only once in the entire Bible. Okay. Genesis chapter 14 verse 2. But these made, that these made war with Bera. The Bera, the king of Sodom. The word Bera means the son of the evil one. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Son of the evil one. Where did he go out to meet? Whom did he go out to meet? Abraham. Okay. After what? After a fantastic victory. I mean, let me tell you something. The most vulnerable points in our life will be after we have a fantastic victory. Okay. Fantastic victory. Okay. Students. You ace your exam. You got a hundred. Top the class. Boy, you are on a high. Hmm? And if you're a believer, okay, if you're a Christian, be on your guard. Beira will attack. And if you're a boy, one girl will come. Oh, you got hundred. Ya attraction already. Okay. Be very careful. You know. Honey attracts a lot of bees. So be very, very careful. Hmm? So, very vulnerable. Bera, king of Sodom. Now I've seen that, no? I've seen that. Class topper Everybody Everybody's around you. Okay. And sometimes the motivation to become class topper is <laughs> something else altogether. Somebody are laughing, no? Because I'm resonating with your thought process, okay. <laughs> Bera, king of Sodom, the son of the evil one. No, look at what it says. This guy, Went to meet Abraham. Now, before he meets Abraham, something has to happen. Thank God, something happens, and this is this is a type of a believer. Abraham here is a type of a believer who's been who's called out, who's who's separated from his father's house, from his land, from his relatives. Now, even now, uh, this in this by this context, by, by by this by this time, even Lot has been separated from him. He's a type of a believer who's on the path. To inheriting the promises of God, he's still not arrived. His still his faith has not been perfected. His his race is not complete. He, he's in that process now. So what happens to this guy? So how does some, something happens before uh, Satan can uh, come and tempt you? Something something should happen in the in the mercy of God. God does something for to believers. What does He do? Genesis chapter fourteen, verse eighteen. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem. You remember the story, right? You know, you know, Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out wine and bread. He was a priest of the, God, of God most high. Now, it's interesting. Nineteen, ninety-one Psalm says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. El, Elohim and El Shaddai. So these two words, you, you see that. Melchizedek, by the way, is a type of Christ. All right. Now, Melech means King also means messenger, angel, teacher. All right, Melchizedek therefore means a teacher of righteousness, and the person. And what does Shalem mean? Peace or completeness? What is that? Completeness. It also means you know. It comes uh, Shalem has two two interesting. Uh, Hebrew uh, variations. Shalem and Shalem. Shalem means peace, completeness, perfection, etc. Shalem means whose debts have been paid. What is that? Okay. Debts have been paid. No, Who has peace? Uh, Whose debts have been? If you have credit card debt, you know what I am talking about. Ma, EMI is coming. Just imagine a life where no EMI is to be paid. Your house has been paid, paid for, your credit cards have been paid for, your bills have been paid for, Ladish Alem. Okay? Just for you to, to get a, to get a, a get a, uh, an understanding. It's, it, it, remember, when Jesus is on the cross, the final, one of the final words he says is this what? It is finished. You know the word for finished is tetelestai. You know what tetelestai means? Paid in full. Paid in full. Completely complete, perfectly perfect. What is that? Completely, complete, perfectly, perfect. So now look at this now. Look at this. This is a picture. This is a picture of a believer who is being redeemed. Who's been redeemed. Whose debt has been paid for. Whose penalty for sin has been paid for. Now where is, where is he now? He's under a teaching which is under a messenger who's teaching him the way of what? Righteousness. And taking him to, taking him towards what? Perfection. So that one day, his faith will be what? Perfected. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. So this is a type of a church. A church wherein the preaching of righteousness is taking place. And you are being challenged to move towards a, towards a life of perfection and completeness. Wherever, whichever stage of spiritual growth you are in. And therefore he comes and he speaks certain interesting words. Abraham Pays the tithe of all and he says, the Lord granted you victory. So, be very careful. Be very careful. See, let me tell you something. It is the teaching which will grant you victory over your sin. Understand this. It is a teaching which will grant you victory over sin. When you submit yourself to the truth of the word of God. The Bible says, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you what? Free. Free from what? sin and they said no 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 how can you say that we are in bondage and he says if you are sinning you are in bondage to sin and the whole purpose of teaching is to grant you victory over sin so stay under teachings look let us let us let us uh, let us see the results of this teaching the results is important the results is important look at what it says in genesis chapter 14 now the king of Sodom said to abraham so The the son of the evil one that is Bera comes to Abraham. Give me the persons, take the goods. The persons are the translations. Give me the souls, take the goods for yourself. Look at what he says. But Abraham said to King of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth. And by the way, he possesses me also. I, I don't belong to myself, he owns me. Look at something. Powerful, the way he frames his statements. This is the result of teaching, my dear brothers. This is a resu- this is teaching in action. This is teaching in action. Look at what it's, what he says. The next, next verse. Next part of the verse. I will take what? What is he saying? What is he saying? No. Thank you. He's saying he's exercising his, his will to say what? No. Look at the word. I will take nothing. From a thread to a sandal strap that I will, again, I will not take anything that is yours, devil, lest you should say, huh, what? I have made Abraham rich. In other words, I do not ever want to give, want to give you any legal space in my heart. No legal space in my heart. No legal right in my heart. I belong to God and God alone. I will not touch it. How is he exercising this will? Because he submitted himself to what? Teaching. Did you understand that? What is Jerusalem therefore? It's a place of teaching. Jerusalem stands for, comes from two words. Yara means teaching. Shalem means peace or completion or perfectness what is jerusalem therefore the teaching which will make you what perfect complete that is the reason why the bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for instruction and for reproof for instruct for correction for instruction in righteousness so the man of god may be thoroughly equipped and complete yes complete in every aspect for every good work and if you leave the place of teaching you do so at your own peril. Look at one, look at a man. Who did that? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain, by the way, man is implied. Okay. Because it's in italics. Okay. Certain boy, girl, man, woman. Okay. You can place anybody there. Went high. No. Down from where? From Jerusalem. What does Jerusalem mean? The place of teaching. Teaching which will challenge you to move towards a place of perfection. Let me tell you something. If you are not challenged, you will not exercise your faith. Understand that. God is always challenging us to come into the realm wherein we are forced in a a way to exercise our faith so that we may grow in salvation. And wherever challenge stops, growth stops. Understand that. And the way away from Jerusalem is always what? Down. Okay. So a certain man went down. You know, the old Telugu teachers who used to teach English. (laughs) Their pronunciation is fantastic. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, they will say. That is how they used to sing out there. <laughs> their, 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 their uh, teaching. As a certain man went down <laughs> from Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem? A place of teaching. A place where you are asked to walk in the light. Why? Because you are all sons of light. What rules the day? Sun. What rules the night? The moon. And what is Jericho? A place which is ruled by the Which is under the what? The dominion of darkness. And you leave Jerusalem. There is only. It's always black and white. The moment you are out of Jerusalem. Where are you? Out of. Out of protection. And look at the statements that Jesus Jesus uses. He says. He went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he still hasn't reached Jericho. What has happened? He. What? He doesn't say. Thieves fell on him. This is Jerusalem. That is Jericho. Okay, just imagine. You fall down among thieves by your own will. It's not like you're, watch, you're walking down Jerusalem to Jericho and without your knowledge people have just come. No, 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 no. Knowingly what you've done you've fallen among thieves. And what are the first thing they do? They stripped him. What is st- what is it? Strips you of your robe. Of what? Righteousness is gone. You are naked in the spiritual realm. That's exactly what, what Aaron did. You know what Aaron did? He sacrificed. He made a golden calf. And you know what the Bible says? Moses came down and he saw that Aaron made the children of Israel naked before his enemies. We have a new dress code for our school. For girls. Okay? Salwar. No? Do you like it? She's reluctant. Are you sure? (laughs) I love it. I really love it. But sometimes many parents don't. Oh no, sometimes you know, they say no. They're still young. Why are you making them so conservative? So, Baptist preacher. Heard some time back. was a young man. There was a teen camp that happened in his church. A lot of teenagers were in that teen camp. The preacher was preaching fire and brimstone. The fire of God came, and there was one girl who was radically touched by God in that teen camp. She was weeping and wailing and crying and, and After the conference was i mean after the meeting was over, she came to the altar to confess her sins, and she went to one of her mentors she wanted the person to become her mentor. And she said, you know what? One of the things I want to do after I go back home is to throw all the clothes in my wardrobe. I want to change my wardrobe completely. So everybody, well, no, this is nothing. I mean, don't. I'm not just not picking on girls, okay? Boys also. Boys also, nowadays, I don't know what clothing that is. It's, it's very, very, okay, you can't define it. It's, it's, I don't know. It's weird clothing. Hmm? So, so I'm not just speaking on that. And so he, she, she made this resolution. I'm going to go back home, change my water. So she, they, they were in a church bus. They were coming back to church. Singing songs now. You know, after you're touched by God, you no know, children, like you're, you're real. On fire now. Touched by God, they were singing and shouting and screaming, and, the, and they were happy and joyful because God met them. God gave them new births. Everything, you know. This girl comes back to to the church. Parents are waiting and to pick up the children from church. This girl, she gets off her church. Mom, mom is waiting by the car. Mom is not waiting by the car. She's just she comes near the near the bus to say hi. She comes and goes and hugs a mom and she says, Mommy, Jesus touched me, mom. Jesus touched me. And the one thing that now I'm gonna do, I'm gonna change my wardrobe, mommy. Mommy became furious. She looked at the youth pastor. She looked at the elders who were, who accompanied the youth for the youth camp. She said, I am never going to send my child to this church anymore. You are legalistic, and she yanked the child out of the of, of out of the out of the school. I mean, the, the church bus. dragged her to the car. They never came back to church church anymore. And afterwards, you know what happened to that girl? This was his pastor's own testimony. Just with tears in his eyes, he says, "This girl fell into wrong company, got married, divorced, messed up her life." Keep that in your mind, my dear brothers, my dear brothers and sisters. Why? Because of mom. Legalistic. By the way, nothing is forced in this church. We preach with conviction. That is not force. If you are convicted, you have to make a choice. That is the reason why we Do you have the grace to say no? Thank God for this compassion of this man. Of the Samaritan. What did he do first? He came to where he was. Right? Jesus. He comes to where we are. Second, he sees us. Third, he has compassion on us. Fourth, he goes to us. Fifth, he bandaged our wounds, pouring oil and wine. Sixth, sets us on his own donkey. Seventh, brings us to the local church. What is this? Complete salvation. How many steps? You see the number seven all over? And what does he tell the innkeeper? You know what he says? To all pastors. On the next day when he departed, he went to heaven. He took two denarii. Okay? Sufficient for you. Okay? To the inkeeper, take care of him. Whatever more who spends? You spend. When I come, I will repay. You know what? I am waiting for that. <laughs> if When Jesus comes back, he has wages, Baba. What is your software company, Facebook, wages? Your paypacks will not be, you know, in Telugu, Kali Goti kura Uncomparable wages he will give us. So, very important. Very important. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Don't take these things lightly. Titus chapter 2. Verse 11 in the NIV. We know this is, these verses very well. For the grace of God. What is that? What is that? Everybody read this carefully. For the grace of God that appeared that offers salvation to all people, it teaches us to say what? No. To ungodliness and worldly lusts. So that we can live self-control, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope. So what is important therefore? What is important therefore In Romans chapter 6, this is what I mentioned, I think at least 7,570 times or 7,770 times in several Bible studies. Don't you know, the problem is, many people really don't know (laughs) the fact. (laughs) When you offer yourself someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death. Or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. And look at what it says in the next verse. It says, but, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have, be, you have come to obey from where? From the heart, the pattern of teaching. What is that? Pattern of teaching. Pattern, matlab, form. You see, when you are born again, like this, young girl who was like on fire for God, you know what happens? You are in a molten stage. What stage? Molten stage. You are you are ductile and malleable. Now, you know what God does? There is a form of teaching. What is that? Pattern of teaching. He takes his molten metal and he pours it into the cast and then he solidifies it. So what is important? <sighs> the pattern is important. <laughs> the pattern which, in which you are molded. Now, the problem is, the problem is, many evangelists, they have converts who are on fire for God. Now, now they are in molten stage. They are in melted form, but they don't have a church which teaches them the right pattern. You know what happens? They get into wrong patterns and they become solid now. You know, I used to have a Bible study in IIIT. In the exit years of Triple IT. Believers are there. Some newly converted children are there. Just coming to the Lord. Who's the problem? Not the newly converted children. Believers who are put into what we call as wrong caste. Not caste, wrong pattern. Now they are solid. In that pattern, they're set. And you know what happens? They get mightily offended. And they fight you. You know why? They are in wrong pattern. You know what God told Moses? There is a pattern that is shown to you on the mountain. Build exactly according to the pattern. Build what? Build what? The tabernacle. You see, Moses' job was very easy. Because he had to build one tabernacle. You know what is the job of the pastor? He has to make each one of you into one tabernacle. So that the presence of God will stay in your life. In my life included. So what is important? For the presence of God to come and stay. For the Shekinah glory of God to come and stay in the most holy place. Pattern. And you know who fights pattern? We fight pattern. Because we have been cast into wrong patterns, my dear brothers. Patterns of thinking. That is the reason why it says, do not be conformed to the what? To the patterns of this world. One of the hardest people to actually minister to sometimes are believers who have been given wrong teaching. <laughs> Unbelievably tough. Unbelievably tough. So the key, the key, the key, the key. Don't get offended. <laughs> and I added that, you know that? Please, you know what? It's like Paul saying, no? We implore you on the, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The teaching seems harsh. The teaching seems tough. The teaching seems to probe you. Derek Prince made a fantastic statement, you know? This is, I, I have to owe this to him. Look at what he says. It, you know, you shall know the truth and the to which I'll set you free. Look at what he says. When God seems to be harsh, it is when he is most wow. I love that. <laughs> when God seems to be harsh, it is when he is most merciful. Example, no? Abigail is going into the road. What do I do first? Dragger. Raise my hand. I just plugged her and you're raising what is the what is the point? I seem to be harsh. Why? Because she's my daughter. When God seems to be harsh, it is when He is the most merciful, most merciful. And I was asking God, 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 please show me scripture so that I can truly indeed take this as your teaching. Therefore, I, I, I enumerate principle number one. Abide under teaching. Without offense. Principle number one. What is that? Abide under teaching without offense so that you have the grace to say what? No. Okay. Abide. Look at this. This is the Canaanite woman, Matthew chapter 15. Okay. What does he say? But she came to him, began to bow down before him saying, Lord help me. Yet he answered and said, it is not to Good to take the children's bread and throw it to the... Why? Because outside are what? According to... Ah, outside. Harry, you're outside. You're a dog. Can you imagine kukka? I mean, kukka... In Telugu, kukka is a... Okay, I don't know how it is in other places in India. But kukka in Telugu... Kutte is also very... In, in, in Hindi, very, 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 very demeaning word. What is it? Jesus, how can you say, Lord, merciful Savior? But you know what the principle is? When God seems to be harsh, it is when he is the most merciful. And he is the most merciful. And you know what she says? <laughs> Look at this lady's faith. You know, she knows this Lord is merciful. I, I remember no Jonas, J- J- what is Jonah's teaching? What is 40 days? finished, gone. What is that? Harsh. Harsh. And what does what do, what do Ninevites do? They repent. And what does Jonas cry? Lord, I knew you are merciful. So when God seems to be harsh, when the pulpit seems to be harsh, understand this principle. God is being what? Merciful. So what should you do? Embrace it without getting offended. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. I hope you're set free from offense today. Yes, Lord, she says. But please help, for even the dogs feed from the crumbs from that fall from the master's table. Okay, whatever you say, kutta volo, kuch bhi bolo, pandi bolo, koi baat nahi, no problem. I mean, in it's kutta, kukka, pandi, in kote gaadiya, mudu. Okay. Understand this. God seems to be harsh. Jesus said, "Oh woman, your faith is great. You know why your faith is great? Because you know what? What do you? What what do you need faith for? To access what? Ah, grace. Did God seem to be harsh towards you? Did, Did His words sound harsh sometimes? You know what His whole purpose is? So that you'll be brought to what? Repentance." So that he can be kind and merciful to you. That's the reason why it says, he who hides his sin will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes his sin will obtain what? Mercy. Mercy. Genesis 42, another example. Now Joseph was the governor of the land and it, he, and it was he who sold uh, to all the people of the land and Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them and he acted as a stranger to them and spoke what? Roughly. When God seems to be harsh, it is when he is most. Wo- what is the whole purpose of being a ruffian? Uh, re, I will, tu re no, 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 that is not his attitude. I want to redeem you. I want to restore you. So, listen to the words of teachers. Okay. There's a principle in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 9 onwards. Moreover, because the preacher was wise, I hope huh, the preachers here are wise, he still taught the people. He still taught the people. It doesn't matter what they, <laughs> they responded. His purpose is to teach. Huh. Okay. He still taught the people. What did he teach? Knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preachers sought to find acceptable words, and what was written and what was written was upright. What were they? Words of truth, because you know, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Right? And the words of the wise are like what? Are like goods. You know what goods are? To probe you. Goats are used for what? Oxen. You know why? When the oxen go hither and thither, what do the goats do? Make you walk straight. But if you are a donkey, so what are you? Decide today, ox or donkey? Ishmael or <laughs> Isaac? What is Ishmael? Wild donkey of a guy. Kanchara in Telugu. It's very interesting in Telugu. Man, Those words are powerful. Jeremiah uses the word, a a wild donkey accustomed. The word is disciplined to the wind. He's disciplined to do the wrong. And therefore, you know what God tells one of the oxes in the Bible. I, I believe the biggest ox, one of the biggest, strongest ox after Jesus, I believe is Apostle Paul. You know what he tells Apostle Paul? It is hard for you to what? Kick against the what? Goods, don't kick. You know what? Many of you are kicking against the gods, my dear brothers and sisters. When the very gods are the are the mercies of God to make you walk in the straight and narrow path so that He can give you the blessing of God, so that He can pour out His mercy upon you. Because a righteous God will not bless unrighteous people, it is impossible. And we want to continue in our unrighteousness. That is the reason why it says the heart of a man is what? deceitful, the word for deceitful is Yaakov, above all things it is desperately wicked who can know it, and that's exactly what Jacob many of us us are like Jacob we like spiritual things, but we are still Jacob what do we want, we want to steal the blessing of God in our own way so we have a teaching called Rebecca teaching madam Rebecca's teaching what does she do she confirms you in the path of lies and deception Yaakov, stay Yaakov, steal the blessing. You know what the Bible says after that? But I, the Lord, search the hearts, test the minds, and I will give everyone according to His deeds. (laughs) Don't be Yaakov. Don't kick against the goats. Don't kick against the goat. Become an ox. Go straight. So what did he do, Joseph? Immediately he spoke harshly to them, right? Then Joseph gave command to fill their sacks with grain. You see that? He's merciful. His intention has not changed. Understand this. When God seems to be harsh, it is when he is most merciful. So principle number one, abide under teaching without getting offended, my dear brothers and sisters. And blessed is a man who will not get offended because of me. Even John the Baptist had to fight that. Second principle. In order to have the grace to say no, you have to abide under teaching without getting offended. Or knowing that, knowing this in principle, that God is most merciful when he is harsh. Okay? Second. Jeremiah chapter 35. I'm going to show you some examples. Then I said before the sons of Jacob, the sons of the house of the Rechabites. Who's this? I. Who's this I? Who's this I? uh, Jeremiah. Okay. Rechabites, bowls full of wine. Bowls full of wine, sorry. And cups. And said to them, Drink wine. But they said, What did they say? No, no, no. What did they say? What did they say? No. Everybody say, what did they say? No. They said no. Why? Because they said no to teaching which was wrong. Principle number two. Galatians chapter 1 verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than we have preached, let him be. What is that second principle? Stop listening to unauthorized voices. I have to reiterate this principle over and over and over again. Because I'm I'm telling you, honestly, I've seen people right in front of my eyes who messed up their spiritual lives. Because they listen to voices which are unauthorized. Look at the principle in Deuteronomy chapter 13. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and he gives you a sign or a wonder. huh? Here in this case Jeremiah, right? And the sign or the wonder comes to pass. What happens to him? The sign or the wonder comes to pass of which I, he spoke to you saying, let us go after other gods which you have not known. Let us serve them. Heart and soul with with all your heart. You shall not listen to the words of the prophet or the dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is what? Testing you. This is what I learned. This is what he's still saying. You should say, no. What should he say? No. You shall love, whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, etc., You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commands. Obey his voice. You shall serve him. You shall hold fast to him. Look at how many exercise, the verbs that are being used to exercise your will. Look at it it says, but that prophet and the dreamer of dreams, what should you do? You should put him to death. In other words, stop, cut off the influence of of that voice from your life. Now you don't go and kill people. What do we do? We cut off those voices from our life. I learned a scary, scary truth this week, even as I'm studying. You know, it says in Matthew chapter 18, if you have an issue with your brother, what should you do? Go to him privately. First principle, what should you do? Go to him privately. If he does not listen to the, to you privately, tell it to the elders. If he does not listen to the elders, tell it to the church. And if he does not listen to the church, let him be to you as a publican or an unbeliever. That's the process. What is the process? What is the protocol? First, talk to him privately. If he does not listen to the... The problem is, people never talk privately. First of all, private is not even there. What will they do? They will first tell it to the whole church. Okay. Forget this. Now, look at this, what he says. If you have an issue, tell it to the Tell it to, to that person privately. Then, if he doesn't listen, tell it to the elders. Then, if he doesn't listen, tell it to the church. And if it, then he doesn't listen, what should you do? Treat him as an unbeliever. In other words, if that person does not come under authority, ultimately, what has he become? What has he become? What has he become? Unbeliever. Do you know that? Now, now for that person, now the whole process of born again has to happen again. And you know what the Bible says? For a person like that who has fallen away, it is what? Impossible to be brought back to repentance. That is scary. You should have a healthy dose of the fear of God. Mm -hmm. If your brother Son of your mother, <laughs> just in case you forgot. <laughs> I mean, I'm becoming more precise. <laughs> your son, your daughter, the wife of your bosom, your friend, a lot of friends like that. Who is as your own soul. What does he do? He doesn't come, secretly entices you. These are all unauthorized voices, my dear brothers. Let us go and serve other gods which you have not known, neither you nor your fathers of the, of the gods of the people which are all around you, near to you or far from you. In other words, don't listen to teaching, listen to TED Talks. You're talking to me about TED Talks. TED Talks! You know, one of the things that I've observed after being in the research field, for several years. No, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't have to be right, but I'm entitled to my opinion because I have some publications. Okay. Because if you doubt, you can go and type Vijay Dakota in Google. You'll have a lot of publications. Okay. So I have some authority. One of the things I have seen, you go to conferences, the conferences are the most boring places on planet earth because nobody understands your research. You're so excited. There'll be three, four people only in the entire world. Oh, interesting idea. Good. Some talks are the most boring on planet Earth. Not very interesting. You are talking to me about TED Talks. Wisdom of this world. That is the reason why, you know what? Paul says, when I came to you, I was not a TED Talk speaker. I determined to know nothing among you except Christ and Him crucified. You know what? TED Talks, I'm telling you, I've seen TED Talks and I've been around researchers. All that they can talk about is how to get the next grant. That's all. I've been in the research field. I know what happens between professors and associate professors <laughs> and assistant professors. If you're an assistant professor in US, you are like a dog. You're outside, outside are our dogs. Baba bantile, Baba bantile. That's exactly what your, your position because you're not even paid for 12, years, 12 months. You're only pay, paid for nine months. You know that? If if you're on a tenure track, I know. I know what people are talking about. So you don't come to me and dazzle me with your TED talks. Christ and him crucified. You know what? Even Paul thought. He went to Athens and he started doing apologetics. How many converts? Three, four, few people came. And then he went to Corinth. I learned my lesson. (laughs) Oh, to the unknown God whom you worship. And he was very, he was waxing eloquent. He was quoting their, their poets left, right and center. Few people got converted. Then he said, Baba, when I go to Corinth, I will determine to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. You know what was that? The results were magnificent. Unauthorized voices. My dear brothers and sisters, so many people are messed up because they listen to unauthorized voices because they think that, you know what, when God is harsh, let me tell you something, God is the most merciful. Understand that principle and write it with golden letters in your heart. If my tongue is a is like the pen of a ready ready writer, let your heart be receptive to my voice. Because we are servants of the new covenant, not of the old. The letter kills, spirit brings life. Do not consent to him, nor listen to him. Let your eye not pity him. or Oh, he is my brother. No, you know what you should do? If you are a Levite, you will slap your sword and you will go and you will say, he is not my brother. He is not my mother. You know why? Because you're joined to God. You're one spirit with Him now. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. And that is the reason why worship is the most important part in a Christian's life. You know why? You consummate your relationship with God in worship. Consummate. Understand this principle. Principle 2, therefore. Stop listening. To voices that make you compromise. So principle principle number one. Come at a teaching. Which teaches you to say no. Without getting offended. Second. Stop listening to voices. Which cause you to compromise. You know that's the reason why the Bible says. They crept in unawares. Secretly turning the grace of God. Into a license for immorality. Stop listening to voices. That make you compromise. I'm not saying that you should not listen to TED Talks. You can keep TED Talks and your office together. Not the church. Okay? Understand that. There's a place for TED Talks. That is in your office. Hmm? Not here. Not in the church. Numbers chapter 22. Next principle. I like this. What do you want? We have to have the grace to say? No. No. <clears throat> Balak, you know what the word Balak means? What does Balak mean? Destroyer, okay? (laughs) Destroyer. The son of Zippor was the king of the Moabites at that time. Then he sent messengers to Bala. Okay, messengers means angels. The son of Beor at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of, of his people, to call him saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are sitting next to me, settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once. Curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall not be, I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out from the land. For I know that whom you bless is blessed, and to whom, and he whom, whom you curse is cursed. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with a diviners fee. What is it? What fee? They have diviners fee also. Okay? It's called Sambhavana in Telugu. Huh? Sambhavana, In their hand. And they came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak. And he said to him, Lodge here tonight and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princess of Moab stayed with Balaam. First question. Then God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Okay. lot of people, lot of times, God will ask you those questions also. In your college, suddenly you will appear. I don't know. As another believer. Believer. What are you doing here? What are you doing? No, we were having a discussion. No, no, no. I know what you are doing. This is not discussion table. Something else. Balak. So Balaam said to God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent to me saying, look a people has come out of, out of Egypt and they covered the face of the earth. Come now curse them for me, perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. There are so many things over here. You need to understand there's a battle in the spiritual realm, okay? One of the things you need to understand, once you are saved, the devil doesn't like you. There's a battle that is going on in the spiritual realm. And one of the things that you constantly need is to stay under covering for yourself. Okay, let's go on. Now God said to Bala, you shall what? What is that? In other words, you should say, no. What should you do? You should say, no. For they are blessed. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, go back to your land, for the Lord has refused. Therefore, I also, you know, the problem is, he still hasn't refused. God has refused. But the diviner's fee is interesting. What is interesting? The diviner's fee is very, very interesting. The proposal is interesting. Then, goes on, then the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Then Balak sent princes more numerous, more honourable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says the son of Zippor, please let nothing hinder you from coming. For I will certainly, what? Honour you greatly. And I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come and curse the people from me. The principle. I'll come to the principle. But before I come to the principle, John's Gospel chapter 5. I do not receive honor from men. Verse 42. But I know that you do not have the love of God inside of you. If anyone loves God, what will he do first? He will keep his commandments and therefore he will say what? No. Understand that. Okay? I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive in verse 44, how can you believe? Who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. Let me tell you something. If you are trying to seek honor from a relationship, for example, a man is looking to get honor from a relationship with a girl. She is your God. She is your righteousness. She is your peace. She is your holiness. She is your sanctification. See, She is your redemption. Can she fill the place of God? No way. If you are a woman thinking that your husband is going to complete you, you become Jerry Maguire. You complete me. <laughs> what a lie from the pits of hell. And it got the Oscar award. My goodness, the database is crazy, you know, unbelievable. Hmm? You complete, you don't complete. Let me tell you something: no human being can complete you. That's exactly what happened to this woman. How many, how many husbands did she have? Five husbands. Came to the sixth one. You know what Jesus said? If you want to be complete. I'm the man who will really complete you. Who will really fulfill you. Who will really be your righteousness. Who will really be your redemption. Who will really be your peace. Who will really be your sanctification. Who will really be your all in all in every situation. I am he. Nobody else can complete. Can complete you. Your husband cannot complete you. Your wife cannot complete you. Your job cannot complete you. If you think that they can complete you, you know what has happened? They have become God in your life. But that is not God money cannot complete you money can success cannot complete you I'll uh, let me tell you something no after success you got a success you know what happens immediately you feel empty somehow i i i, I know i personally experienced that When the first conference paper that, that i got accepted i'm not boasting i'm just telling you my own personal experiences so that, so that you'll know what i'm talking about there were 2700 papers that were sent to the conference 2,700 papers. The acceptance rate is like 1 in 7. 1 in 7. Okay, 1 in 7. That's a good, good number. Hmm? That means it's a rejection conference. Nobody want to, wants to smell you. Mayan was the only paper that was accepted from India. Only paper from India. That year. From a research lab in India. The euphoria lasted for one week. After that, empty. Next paper. What is that? Next paper. It's like, you know, Rafa Nadal. 22 grand slams and counting. After that, next grand slam. Calendar slam. Double grand slam. You know what? 20 grand slams. Roger Federer is 41 years. Baba, Your back is hurting. Go and retire. No, he wants to come back again. Let me tell you something. Nothing can satisfy you. You know what? The most decorated Olympian in this entire world, Michael Phelps. The number of gold medals he got, the number of, not all medals, the number of gold medals he got, India with 1.3 billion people have not got in their all history, in all medals. You know what? His battle was with depression. You know Boris Becker? Depressed soul, the youngest Grand Slam champion, who, the youngest man to ever have won Wimbledon. You know Naomi Osaka? Naomi Osaka, one of the youngest Grand Slam champions in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the WTA tour. She's from Japan, half Japanese, half, half American. Fights depression. Solomon with all his wisdom. Wine, women, projects, sex, books, wisdom, PhD, H2SO4, everything. Meaningless, meaningless vanity, chasing after the wind. I mean, I want to imagine that, chasing after, can can you chase the wind? That's what he says, chasing after the wind. Madness! Oh, I will test myself with math! You know what? Comedy show. Live show. We watch YouTube channels. He had live shows happening in his, in his, in his, in his head. Food! The choicest of food. You should see the dining table of, of Solomon. The entire National Geographic channel is there. On his dining table. Clean. Because he's kosher, no? He's Jew. The clean part of the National (laughs) National Geographic Channel. And he had, you know what he says? Rehupams, I mean, friends. Rehobhams, no, sorry, father ko dekhre. Look at his bojja. Family pack. Your, what is that? Your smallest finger should be fatter than your father's waist. That is what there is to complain. That is what there is to boast. Prosperity man. Prosperity. Meaningless. Meaningless. Chasing after the night. I am telling you no. You go to a research lab. Every time you have a breakthrough. After breakthrough you have the next. When is the next paper? Even in our studies no. Let's say you got state first. What are you going to do next? Let's say you got uh, J.E. first. What are you going to do next? Let's say you got President's gold medal. What are you going to do next? Let us, let us say you got MIT offer with Fulbright full scholarship. What are you going to do next after MIT? What are you going to do This is never going to end. Now comes. Then Balam answered. They came, came with a diviner's fee. Said to the servants of Balak, look at this answer, I love this answer, okay? I love this answer. Super answer. With a very interesting principle, okay? Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, (laughs) I could not go beyond the word of God. In other words, I want to say no. Now, therefore, what should he do? Get out. That's what he should say, right? you also stay here tonight. Again, quotation from, interestingly, it's, it's an acquired taste. Derek Prince is an acquired taste. After you start acquiring the taste, you can't stop. Look at his fired up statement. Okay. This is a million dollar statement. <clears throat> okay. Quote statement. Okay. Hmm? Sin and Satan are alike. <sighs> Like that. Sin and Satan are alike. They only listen when you truly mean it. <laughs> I love that. Sin and Satan are alike. In other words, uh, this fellow is saying no, but I know his art. He says no, but, uh, You know what? The enemy forever is trying to seek for chinks in your armor. Understand this. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. No one can serve two masters. What is that? What is that? What is that? Look at this. Look at the, look at the relationship. For either he will hate the one, love the other. It's a love-hate relationship. If you serve one master, you, you serve him because you absolutely love him and you absolutely hate the other person. That is the reason why it says you anointed him with the oil of gladness. Why? Because he loved righteousness and he hated. And you know what David says, don't I hate them that hate you God. You see, there is no middle ground in Christianity. And you know what, one of the things that I'm striving for now, Lord make me that guy, that fire inside of me. that I absolutely love you. No place for compromise by your grace. Again, my own university setup. You know when you are a lecturer paid by the university and if it's in a PPP model, public-private partnership, okay, PPPP. Hmm, they want you to teach. They want you to teach and they also want you to do research. Okay. The problem is teaching and research, ek So, in one semester, my prof was putting pressure on, on me saying that you have to finish a paper. Then I said, sir, I've got three courses to teach this semester. UG course, two UG, one, two UG uh, one UG course and two PG courses. Sorry, two UG course and one PG course. And on top of that, you're asking me to do research. You know what? my, my And I said, sir, I can only serve one master at one time. <laughs> Okay, I'll I'll, I'll tell you something, you know, this is is a very interesting uh, trend I have seen in universities. Those people are good researchers, are terrible teachers. Generally, and those professors who are good teachers, they don't take too much into research. Because their passion is teaching. And you know, my my professor, like he was rolling up his sleeves, how dare they steal the researcher's time, you know. He's like that. You can hate the one. You see, you cannot be double-minded. And Satan will sense even a hint of double-mindedness inside of you. And he will compromise you so that you don't have the strength to say what? No. Mhm. Serious? Adulteress? <laughs> and adulteresses? Don't you know that friendship with the world is what? That is the reason why, you know what Jesus says, the world is not hating you. That means what? You are of the world. If you are not of the world, the world will hate you. If the world loves you, (laughs) you are, you are, you are, I mean, you actually are very much like them. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Do you want to become make God your enemy? My goodness, I don't ever want to be in that position. Look at what he says, the next verse. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain the spirit who dwells in you yearns with jealousy? In other words, he says, I love you, I have betrothed you, I am jealous for your love. Don't share that, that love with anybody else. You know why? Because one of the words of God, one of the names of God that he is what? He is jealous. Yahuwah Kana means what? He's a jealous God. But he gives more grace. What is that? More grace to say what? Say no. Therefore he says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble and then he says therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, cleanse your hands you sinners, purify your hearts you double minded. So any hint of double mindedness, you cannot say no. Sin and Satan are alike. They know when you truly mean a statement. (laughs) They know it. James chapter 1. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who will give to all liberally, verse 5, without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, Without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and he is unstable in all his ways. And what is the purpose therefore of teaching? To make you what? Single-minded. Look at what it says in Ephesians. For he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Goes on to say, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, verse fourteen, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So, what is that? Principle number three: Stop being double-minded and be. If Yahweh is God, worship Him. If Jehovah is, God, uh, if Baal is God. Worship him, and what did the people say? Nothing. Millions and millions, even today, even in this church. We are in we are in the valley of decision. It's principle number three. Stop being double minded. Be decisive. Let's go to the next principle. How many principles should I say? We'll have seven. Okay, there's only not even halfway. Okay. Fourth is the halfway. And it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But, what did he do? He said, no. Thank you. He said, no. Look what he says. Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in his house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness against my master? No. Against? God. Principle. Know the price for your soul and know whose you are. Understand this. Know the price for your soul. And know whose you are. Know what your sin did to God. What did it? What did your sin do to God? Hung him on a cross. 1st Peter chapter 1. And if you call on the father who without partiality was 17 onwards, judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in what? Fear. Why? Knowing that you were redeemed, not with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct you received from your as a tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without spot and blemish. Understand the price for your soul understand the price for your soul that should keep you from sinning that should give, that should empower you to say what no psalm 49 look at what it says in psalm 49 verse 7 onwards none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to god a ransom for him for the redemption of their souls is what costly the other translations will use the word precious in keshavi and it shall and it shall never cease cost to cease that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit, but you know what God did? He paid it it 's very costly. it costed him what his son so know the price for your soul, my dear brothers don 't be flippant. put a price what is the price god 's son himself that is the price for my soul, the most precious commodity. Commodity in this entire world is the soul of a man. And therefore, you know what it says in John's Gospel chapter 3? We know these verses very well, right? And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for God so loved the world so that what? He gave his own son. The redemption. Understand this principle. It costed his own son and say, Lord, always grant me a vision as to what my sin did to you. That is true repentance. Otherwise you'll take, you'll become very casual. The price for your souls. That is the reason why you know what Paul says. I preach you the whole gospel and none of your blood is on my hands. I'm guilty. I'm not guilty of any man's soul because I've been a watchman. have warned you because you know why if the watchman sees the evil and he doesn't want and their souls perish you know what the bible says i will require their soul at your hand i remember the story of you know pilgrim's progress right one of the characters in the book pilgrim's progress is a guy faithful and christian is running after faithful and faithful is running he is not stopping And Christian is saying, hey, please stop for me, please stop for me. You know what, what faithful says? Hey, don't ask me to stop. The avenger of blood is behind me. That's what Paul is saying. You know what? If I don't preach the gospel, the complete gospel, who's behind me? The avenger of blood. You know why? The life of the soul is where? Is in the blood. Where, you know, you need to understand, you know, spirit, it's the position of your spirit somewhere inside. You know, where is the soul? It's in your blood. That is the reason why he says, I have given you blood for atonement. And he poured out his soul as an offering for sin. By his own blood. So the soul, soul of man is very precious. Understand the price for your soul. And if you're a teacher or a preacher, if you are in a position of authority, if you're a father, mother, understand this, souls have been entrusted into your hands by God for a season and don't be like that mother who will yank that child out of the, out of the bus and put cold water on her, on her fire. Don't become stumbling blocks for your children. Lead by example. If one thing your children have to see, with all your frailties and your faults, they should know my father loves God. Loves God. Second thing, my father loves his word. That should be the testimony of your child. Not only pastor asks me for the concordance, even my daughter comes to me. Daddy, where is this verse? I'll tell you. We had a new parent who came to the came to the school. One of the children. We were we were having the Book of Colossians this year as memories. You have to teach by memory, right? So they're memorizing chapters. I mean I just this is just a principle, okay? I'm not putting any that you should not you should do the same thing. No. It's just a principle. Just I'm doing it, you know, so that they get used to it. Retaining, concentration, because memorization requires concentration, it requires technique, it requires you have to understand, you have to understand, you have to memorize and understand, understand so that if you want to remember certain things, first of all you have to understand it. And then you can memorize and then it will stay. So one of the new teachers who came, she was asking one of the teachers, one of the students, to recite Colossians, and she was thinking, you know, she is a new teacher, right? Maybe they will stutter and stammer and do all kinds of stuff. This this student, flawlessly, just repeated the entire chapter. She was shocked. She said, What is this? I must, I've never seen anything like this. Don't underestimate your children. You teach them right, they will grow right. They will will aright, like Daniel. But you don't become stumbling blocks. Because the price for the soul is very high. Can God entrust souls into your hands? But you will feed the flock. That's the reason why it says, blessed is that servant whom the Lord Sees when he's coming, who is giving food in season for his congregation. You know what is he going to do? He's going to reward that servant. But if the servant says, My master is delaying, and starts to drink and beat his fellow servants, the master will come at a time and you do not know. So, fathers, mothers, elder brothers, elder sisters, be responsible. Be responsible. 1st Corinthians chapter 6. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Look at the principle. Look at the principle. Verse 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is inside of you? Whom you have from God and you are not your own? For you were what? Bought at a price. And what is the price? The son of God. In other words, literally God emptied the bank balance of heaven to buy you, to redeem you. The Bible says, God through the eternal spirit gave his son. Understand this. A very important principle. The price for a soul, soul is very high. Mm-hmm. Keep these truths in your heart and in your mind. Let's go, move on. Quickly, to the next principle. Principle number four. Know the price that was paid for your soul. Next principle. Daniel chapter one. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might what? Not defile himself. So in other words, he was saying, no. What was he saying? No. Principle. Practice a lifestyle of self-denial by fasting and seeking God. What is that? Mm-hmm. Very difficult. I know one of the determinations this year is Lord, paruchuga fasting. Not feasting. Whenever I have the opportunity, I want to fast. Fast from food. Some people say, you know what, uh, I will fast from TV, etc. You know what, fast from food, then the power of TV will be broken. What do I say? Mm. Don't make it easy for yourself. Self-denial. This is by humbling yourself. You know why? Because God gives grace to the Humble, and one of the ways you humble yourself is by what? Faster. Proverbs chapter 23. When you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you. And put your knife to your throat if you're a man given to appetite. I like what Pastor Jibs keeps doing, you know. One of the things that I've learned from him. This is what he does. Whenever somebody comes and says, if he says no, he wants, he's stopping now. He's not, not, not going to eat anymore. You know what he does? No more. Kya baat? I also want to do this now. I mean, sometimes I'm like, go, but now, you know, I, I want to say no more. Stop. Stop. Give you an example. Essay chapter 4. When Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud voice and with a bitter cry. He tore his clothes and he put on sackcloth and ashes and he cried out with a bitter cry. And he went as far as the front of the king's gate for no one might might enter the king's gate clothes with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. And one person who's a Jew is completely oblivious to it. Who's that? Who's that? Esther. Look at her response. So Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told the queen and, and, the, and, the, and the queen was deeply distressed. What are you saying? Deeply she was distressed. Why? My uncle is putting on sackcloth and ashes. Maybe he lost his job. He has no money in the bank balance, b- bank account. Maybe he has no food to eat. So what did she do? Then she sent garments to clothe Mardakai and take his sackcloth away. But he said no. Madam Esther, what happened to you? The palace and the comforts of the palace have nicely blunted your edge. That's the reason why you know what God says, uh, uh, Jesus says about John the Baptist. What did you go into the wilderness to see? A man who was clothed in fine apparel. You know what he says? The people who are clothed with fine apparel and who are eating are in king's palaces. What did you go in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. No way. A man who is formed. Deep convictions. Who has the power to say no? Esther, chapter three. And these things King Ahasuerus pro- and after these things King Ahasuerus promoted Haman, the son of Hamadiah, the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes above who were with him. And all the king's servants who were with the king's uh, within the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Aman, or the king, uh, or for so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow. In other words, he said no. Why? Next verse will say because he was a because he a Jew. He knows his identity. Romans chapter 2 will say, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. Nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is out of the heart. In other words, what is circumcision? Cutting away of the flesh. Separating yourself. Saying no to the flesh. Philippians chapter 3 will bring out this principle, beware of dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the mutilation, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verse 24 will say, now those who belong to Christ Jesus, you means what? Separated unto God, have crucified the flesh with its passions and lusts. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know those those who run in a race all run but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises what? Self-control. So in other words, he says what? No. What did he say? No. One of the reasons why I believe Rafa Nadal is one of the most decorated tennis players in the whole world is because of his incredible work ethic. You know how many coaches he had in his entire life? Two. One was his, I can actually, it's three. Francisco Roig, Tony Nadal, and now Carlos Moya. How many coaches does Federer have? None. Federer is like Solomon. Who can teach Federer? No, you don't have, you see his box? You see Nadal's box, you see Federer's box. He has three coaches all the time. Federer, wife and family. (laughs) No coach. Djokovic, one time Becker, one time somebody, one time Agassi, changing coaches at will. Like many believers who changes church at will. Learn from Nadal. I mean, honestly, I I'll see that guy, I mean, I have, you have to appreciate his work ethic. I Have seen so many kingdom principles in his life. So many. Self-control athletes are like that. What they eat, how much they sleep, how much they don't sleep, how much they practice, how much they exercise self-control. In other words, they kept on saying what? No, I remember, you know, one of my cousins when he was preparing for MSET those days when MSET was a very fired up exam. No, nowadays MSET anybody can write, anybody can get it. No problem, no, no, no issues. He used to play carom board with an alarm. 15, 10 minutes carom board. Tuck, 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 tuck The alarm would, would start and then he would stop. Doesn't matter even if you're in the middle of a game, he would just get up and go. What did he say? No. <laughs> no. If they can do for a perishable crown, the Bible says, how much more for we for an imperishable crown? Beat your body. Bring it to subjection. Humble yourself with fasting. So principle number five. Practice a lifestyle of humbling yourself with fasting so that you have the power to say no. Next principle, Second Kings chapter 5, this is the sixth one. And he returned, this is uh, chapter 5 verse 15. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, this is Naaman, and he came and stood before him, that is Elisha, and he said, indeed now I know that there is no God in all of the earth except in Israel. Now therefore please take a gift from your servant. Please take a Gift from your servant. But he said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. In other words, he said, what What did he say? No. But you know what? Not all servants of God are like Elisha, no? Look at the next one. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha. I mean, this is a crazy thing, no? Elisha, the servant of Elijah. He had the double portion of anointing. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, he should also have the double portion of anointing. But he has no ability to say no. And therefore, what will happen to him? He will be finally disqualified. Look at what it says. Look, my master has paid this Naman. (laughs) Like that. He let him go. Not receiving anything from his hands, what he brought, but as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So he pursued, so Gehazi pursued Naman. When, when Naman saw him running after, <laughs> running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, he's all well, and you know the story. And after that he takes two, go, two silk, two changes of clothing, two um, shekels of gold, everything. And he comes and hides as if nothing has happened. Now he went in and stood before his master, Elisha told him, where did you go Gehazi? You know what the word Gehazi means? The valley of vision. What does that mean? He lost his vision in the valley. He should have been in the mountaintop and looking at the eternal, but he got caught in the temporal. Your servant did not go anywhere. You know what? Look at what he says. The next verse. Then he said to him, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Look at this. Is it what? Time. To receive money and to receive clothing, olive grooves, vineyards, sheep, oxen, male and female. In other words, I know your five year plan. Pancha varsha pranalika. You know what's the principle? Now is not the time. What is the principle? Now is not the time. You will lose vision of the eternal because your focus is on the temporal. You will lose vision of the eternal because your focus is on the temporal. First Corinthians chapter 7. But I say, brothers, the time is short. So that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none. In other words, I met I met somebody the other day. You know, that person was saying, It is better for me to stay single than to get married to the wrong person. I had to say amen to that. Hmm. Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy what? The passing pleasures of sin esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt for he looked at the reward by faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured seeing him who is invisible because that which is invisible is what? permanent and that which is visible is what? temporary okay heaven and earth will not pass away will pass away but my word will not pass away the earth's the world and its fashions are passing away, but he who does the will of God will not, will abide forever, will not ever pass away. Second Timothy chapter four, be diligent to me, to come to me quickly, for demas has forsaken me. How? Having loved this present world. Okay. Now is not the time. You know, there's a principle in management called, not in, in finances, I, I think. It's called as delayed gratification. What gratification? Delayed gratification. If you want to buy Mercedes-Benz, save up money. Even if you have money to buy the best Tata, save up money. So that you can get a mercedes That is what we call as delayed gratification. And I'm content with my nano. You know, one of my relatives has hexa. Tata hexa. That is 10 to the power of 8. Hexa, peta, tera, giga, mega. Okay? I think it's 10 to the power of 12. I have nano. 10 to the power of minus 9. And I'm content with my nano. You know why? And I go to heaven... At the speed of thought. I don't require. I'll have a body. What body? Mercedes Benz. a kind of body? It should pass through walls. <laughs> which can appear and disappear. Which can fold the fabric of space and time. Like Einstein. Okay. So principle number six. Put your eyes on the eternal. And not the temporal. Why? That which is temporal is fleeting. That which is eternal is permanent. Last principle. And with this I am going to finish. I promise. Okay? I have to finish, no? I have to make my food go into your stomach. After that you digest or not, I don't know. Okay. 1 Samuel chapter 24 verse 6. He said to his men, the Lord forbid." That I should do such a thing to them, to my master. The Lord's anointed. Or lay my hand on him for he is the anointed of the Lord. In other words, what did David say? He said, no. For what? Don't touch God's anointed. Especially those who rule over you, in other words, who teach you the word of God. 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 9. Not once, but twice. But David said to Abishai, don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? That's the reason why the Bible says, touch not my anointed. Principle in the new covenant. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of, uh, who rule well. Okay. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. I mean, let me, let us put it in monetary terms. Okay. If let's say double honor means, let us say your salary is 50,000 rupees. Hmm? Okay. Elders who rule over you should be counted worthy of, Uh, so how much should you pay him? Huh? (laughs) Are you sure? That is the reason when Galatians he says the person who teaches should be partakers of that that which is of your physical. And he says, God is not mocked (laughs) in that context, for whatsoever a man sows, that also he will reap. In other words, I'm not saying you should pay me, but pay your pastor. That's the principle. Okay? It's a principle. You pay Narayana Chaitanya? No. One YouTube channel calls him, you know, what's his name? Free Chaitanya Parana, Chippa. Shortly. You pay Chippa. Ultimately, you have Chippa. For temporal things you pay? For eternal things? No, no, no. Freely you have received. Freely you should give. Congratulations. You see? How warped our thinking is. (laughs) No wonder there's no breakthrough in our lives. Look at what it says. For the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads the grain. That's the old covenant principle. And God is not talking about ox. And it says where the ox is not there, the barn is empty. Proverbs chapter 23. You shall not muzzle an ox which treads the grain. The laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not receive, You look at this, do not, everybody say, do not receive an accusation against an elder. Except from two or three reliable, godly, testimony full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, etc. a qualification gone. Give me your first, in other words, if he, if he gets, if he gets an accusation from elder, you should ask him, give me your resume, please. resume, How many souls did you bring into the kingdom? None. But you are creating accusation to, against an elder. Fantastic. No souls into the kingdom but accusation against an elder. How many people you have discipled? None. But an accusation against an elder. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 13, 13 verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. For they watch for your souls as those who must give an account. You know something? This position is a dangerous position in a way. We are not handling ordinary people. We are handling souls that God has entrusted and God is going to require of us. Principle number seven. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. Principle number seven, therefore, honor your elders. If you want the blessing of God, children, if you want the blessing of God over your life, if you want God's favor over your life, continuously honor your father and your mother. As long as you are in in, in their home and eating their food. And they are paying your bills and your tuition, etc., After you get married and you're living your own life, you don't have to obey them, but you have to honor them for sure. 1st Peter chapter 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be, you know what the Telugu is? Be decorated with humility. I like that. Decorate yourself with humility. Why do you decorate yourself? So that you can attract somebody. And if you want the attraction of God over your life, decorate yourself with humility by submitting yourselves to the elders. Principle number 7. So that you will have the grace to say... No. Why? God dresses the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So let us recapitulate like David Prince says. Seven principles of having the grace of God over your life. So that you have the ability to say no. Principle number one. Abide under the teaching without offense. Why? Because when God seems to be harsh, he is the most merciful. Second, stop listening to voices that make you compromise. Unauthorized voices. Third, stop being double-minded and be decisive. If Yahweh is God, worship him. If Jehovah is God, sorry, Baal is God, worship him. Don't serve two masters. Don't be dip Don't be a spiritual schizophrenic, in other words. Don't have multiple personality disorder. DID, dissociative identity disorder, etc, etc, etc. Start being double-minded. Be decisive. Principle number four, know the price that was paid for your soul, that you are owned by God. Owned by God. Fifth, practice a lifestyle of humbling yourself in fasting and seeking God regularly. Principle number six, put your eyes on the eternal and not on the temporal. Principle number seven, honor your elders, obey those who have rule over you. So that one day, every day of your life, you will have the grace to say, no. And you know what one man, of God said, one man of God said? The pathway to heaven. The pathway to heaven is by saying no. You want to end up into heaven? Have the grace to say no. Let's stand up this morning. Truly, sin and Satan are alike. They know it when they, when you truly mean it. That is the reason why when the sons of Sceva tried to cast out the demons, the demons said, Jesus, we know, Paul, we know, but who are you? They know who are rebels. They know who are submissive. This morning, let's ask God for the grace. Father, we looked at seven principles so that we can have the grace grace, Lord, to obey the truths. These seven truths that we've learned. But Lord, you did not just come with truth. You came full of grace and truth. And you said, come boldly and confidently to the throne room of grace. Still the throne room of God is not a throne room of judgment. It is a throne room of grace. We are no longer under the law, but we are under grace. And he is the God who empowers us when we cast ourselves upon him helplessly and say, Lord, I have nowhere else to go like that Syrophoenician woman. And Jesus rewarded her and said, great is your faith, O oh woman. And the grace of God flowed into our situation. And this morning, without offense, can we come to God and say, Lord, I want to cast myself at you. Because I know one thing, when you seem to be the most harsh, I know you are the most merciful. Because your word says, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future and a desired end. And this morning, O Lord, we want to submit ourselves, O Lord, to you. So that, Lord, your word says, you resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. Lord, we want your grace. We want your grace to flow into our lives. The grace of God, which teaches us to say no. Father, this morning, challenge us. Challenge us, O Lord Jesus, this morning. Empower us. Cause us to walk in your ways. May you find in this house, O Lord... Young men, young women, older men, middle-aged men, middle-aged women, older men, older women, O oh Lord, who say, Lord, I want to make a resolution, O Lord, Lord, oh Lord, that I want to have the grace to say no. And you said, Lord, anyone who comes to you, you know where you will cast them out. And we, we come to you, O oh Lord, by faith, O oh Lord, knowing, O oh Lord Jesus, when we come to you and we truly believe and when we humble ourselves before you, O oh Lord, you will grant us the grace, O oh Lord. And therefore, we humble ourselves as a church. Oh Father... Enable us not to get offended. Enable us Lord. To understand your heart. That you always seek the best for us. As we heard this morning. The will of God is the best for us. And not bad. The safest place to be. Is in the center of your will. The flesh may not like it. But your word says. Those who are Christ's. Have crucified the flesh. With its passions and its lusts. Oh Lord may we deny ourselves, carry our cross. Because you said, oh Lord Jesus, if any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself. Pick up his cross and come after me. May you find hearts which desire to say no to ungodliness and worldly lusts. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Challenge us, empower us. Lord, you are a God who gives us hope. Because, O Lord, Father, you say, when we humble ourselves, even Nineveh, O Lord Jesus, it was a harsh message. Forty days and Nineveh is no more. But when they humbled themselves, O Lord, you extended mercy. How much more to your own children, O Lord? How much more to your own children? If God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how much will he, with him, not give us freely all things? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your promises. Commit each and every one of us into your hands, O Lord. Enable us, Lord, to walk in victory. Enable us, Lord Jesus, to practice to say no to sin. No to lawlessness, And yes to righteousness. To flee sin. To flee temptation. But to pursue righteousness, peace, love from all those who call upon God from a pure heart. Thank you, Father. Commit each and every one of us into your hands. Be with us through this week, O Lord Jesus. We praise you, we worship you, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. And all God's children said, Amen. May the God, may God richly bless you and have wonderful fellowship with one another.